What will the Mariners lineup look like with J.P. Crawford back in the fold? Why do Astros fans hate Scott's service so much? And who are the top five relievers in Seattle's bullpen? We'll answer that and more here on Mailbag Monday. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, August 21st, 2023. This is Tidings Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. If you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. And this episode is, of course, Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners' questions uh, but before we get into your questions, quick shout out to you guys, because you guys have absolutely crushed it the last couple of days. We have now surpassed Locked On Astros to become the most subscribed to MLB show on the Locked On Network on YouTube. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of both Colby and I's hearts. We really, really appreciate the support. We started this YouTube channel not even two years ago. And to see how far we've taken this thing, and most importantly, how far you guys have taken this thing, is really freaking cool. Uh, Colby, you got anything you want to say to our listeners? No. Um, you know, just thank you uh, for subscribing and all that. Thank you for listening and sharing and downloading. Uh, it all truly helps. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's been an interesting uh, last 72 hours, both with what's happened on the field and a little bit with what's happened off. Uh, some of you guys may or may not know what that's about, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's been fun to see the channel grow um, really as exponentially as it has. So thank you. If you're not subscribed, please do. Uh, like I said, it helps a lot. And uh, again, just thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. And uh, hopefully it ends with the Mariners in the playoffs for the uh, second straight year. So the next goal for us, 9,000 subscribers. We'd love to get to 10K, so let's continue. Keep subscribing. Keep telling people that you know that are Mariners fans to subscribe to our channel. Just hit that button below our faces. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get into these questions here. We're going to start with Max, uh, who asked, uh, what would your lineup be when JP returns? Also, yeah, you're damn right. We just swept the Astros. That's right, Max. We just did. Um so JP's coming back tonight. Uh, I don't know if they've officially announced that yet, but we yep, saw him yeah. getting on a plane. Okay, cool. So yeah, so JP's back. Uh, so yeah, how would you like to see the Mariners um, and Scott Service specifically uh, handle this lineup um, starting tonight? Because um, there's a lot of creative ways you can go about this. Obviously, the offense is playing the best it has all year uh, lately. Um, for me personally, it doesn't really matter at the top. Like, one two you know that's going to be jp and julio and then once you get to three four five and six i think that's where you can really get creative with it there's a bunch of ways that you can go about it you go france three gino four uh you could go gino three cal four tie five teo six or flip teo and tie like 
Uh, how would you uh, how would you like to see that handled? Um, I, I think that I would probably uh, for the moment, you know, you kind of play a little bit of pot hand, you kind of play matchup too. Uh, so I think for the moments, Teoscar would probably be uh, my third hitter. Mm. Um, he's you know on a bit of a heater right now, uh, and then probably Cal, uh, and then and then Gino, uh, and then France. I think is probably how I would work them but that's the top six um and then seven eight nine is whoever's playing left who's ever whoever's playing uh dh or right um and then the second baseman uh so yeah i think it'd probably be something jp julio teoscar cal gino france marlo what would it be marlo canzone rojas mm-hmm. Hmm? something like that yeah. yeah i think that's right uh yeah i'd probably um i mean you're right because i mean teo has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball i mean that's obviously gotten overshadowed by julio's historic stretch we talked about this a couple of nights ago but teo has been one of the best hitters in baseball this month um so again i I've, i feel like there aren't really a, a ton of wrong answers here because so many guys in your lineup are are hot right now um I, I kind of want Cal, at least against righties, I kind of want Cal in the top four. So find a way to get Cal in your top four, um, prefer- preferably hitting four. And then whoever hits three, whether that's Gino, whether that's Teo, whether that's Ty, doesn't really matter to me. Um, and then right now, I think I'd just go back to the way things were pre-JP injury and just have JP hit one and then Julio hit two. But again, it doesn't really matter to me because all these guys are hot right now. So again, I'm not going to have too much of an issue with it. Um, all right, next question here comes from AZ. Even with the Mariners red hot, do you think we shouldn't excuse DePoto and Hollander's trade deadline and offseason? I have a bad feeling this recent success is going to justify DePoto's choices for the future. Uh, all right, Colby, it's time to relitigate the uh, the trade deadline and what the Mariners did at the trade deadline, or rather did not do at the trade deadline. Uh, so do you think the Mariners' recent hot stretch lets DePoto and Hollander off the hook? Only if you're stupid. Okay. Because you, you've watched these six games and you haven't thought like, boy, the Mariners sure could use another starting pitcher. Boy, the Mariners sure could use some more bullpen help. Boy, the Mariners sure, sure could use, you know, not Mike Ford in the lineup every day. You really watch these games and those were the first things that popped into your head. Yeah, Of course, it doesn't excuse it. Good results doesn't excuse poor process. And when you're at the front office, the only thing I care about is the process. The process was bad. And once again, let's not get this twisted. This is never about the the Paul Seawall trade. Ty and I both like the Paul Seawall trade in a vacuum. That is not the way you operate. You do not operate in a vacuum. The issue wasn't that they traded Paul Seawall, although I'm not a huge fan of that. It's that they didn't replace him. And it's that they didn't mm-hmm. protect themselves in case Canzone and Rojas were you know, going to be bums. And yeah. frankly, they've both been about league average hitters. But uh, Canzone has a 106 WRC plus Rojas has a 77 WRC plus. Right. And Canzone's 106 is greatly influenced by his four or five night uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So they've both been OK. And, and Rojas has certainly looked better lately, but they're not the reason that you won 14 of 17. Right. Yeah. They, they've helped. Sure, they have. But have they helped more than having Paul Seawald would? Debatable. 
Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? That's not really the point, though. The point is, is that they didn't do enough. It's not what they did was bad. It's that they didn't do enough right, to protect right. themselves. Uh, and now, by the way, yep. you have Emerson Hancock going on the 15-day IL. Boy, how much would Rich Hill have cost you, you know, to keep your six-man rotation intact and all that stuff? So, no, it doesn't excuse it. It was still a terrible process. Um, and they don't get credit for fixing the Mariners by trading Paul Seawall. That's ridiculous. Yeah, at the height of my emotions during that post-deadline show we did, um, I didn't word this incredibly well, uh, but whatever the Mariners do from here on out, even if they make a deep run in the postseason, doesn't retroactively make the process of the deadline good, right? They, If the Mariners go on and do some real damage here, they're going to do that in spite of the process at the deadline rather than because of the process at the deadline. Um, and again, you know, we said at the, you know, right after the deadline during that show, even at the height of our emotions that like we're open-minded to the possibility that Canzone and, and Rojas can help the rest of the way that they could be more valuable for you than Paul Seawald could be the rest of the way. Uh, but it's not a great bet and it's still not a great bet because Canzone just after yesterday is a league average hitter since the deadline and Rojas is 23% below league average since the deadline. So yeah, I mean, they've helped in some ways here over the course of this hot stretch, but they haven't been the reason for that. And, uh, and yeah, and you've also had some bullpen issues. Obviously the bullpen for the most part has been nails, but the bullpen has been nails in spite of what happened at the deadline. Not because of it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, by the way, just by happenstance today, Cal Raleigh said on the radio, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was a real popular move. Paul did a lot for this team and this org. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the clubhouse hated it too. Uh, but I bet Cal's that been very outspoken about yes, the deadline. I mean, everybody yeah. has. Everybody, yeah. everybody has. Um, and, you know, again, it's, I, we're not going to relitigate this because we got to go, but is there maybe some tension between Jerry and Scott because Scott couldn't be happy. And when the players are mad, who are they going to go yell at? Not Jerry. They're going to go talk to Scott. So, right. Um, now the front office totally butchered the deadline. There's I, the Mariners could win 50 in a row and they still would have butchered the deadline. Doesn't mean that we, right. ma- we care about that at this stage, but it's just, it's a fact. Like, yeah, after it doesn't matter after the fact they butchered the the trade deadline for the 2023 Mariners the deals they the deals they made were not to help this ball club make the playoffs yeah. it was to help next year's ball club make the playoffs and yeah. that's how do is. we how do we maximize the value of the return of Paul Seawall that's what that trade was mm-hmm. about that's what the whole deadline was about and Ryan Divish confirmed that they were close to trading Teoscar Hernandez for Austin Shinton who Shenton would probably make the big league club, but there's no guarantee that he helps you at all in 2023. And, you know, Teo has been, again, one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball since the deadline. So mm-hmm. that would have hurt you even further. That would have hurt your 2023 ball club even further. So, yeah, yeah, it just it's funny. You remember what I said after the the Diamondbacks series? So it felt like it feels like Seattle's front office wanted the Mariners to get swept so that they could justify selling. And it sure. looks like they were yeah. just going to do that either way because they were ready to pull the trigger on Teo. They obviously pulled the trigger on Paul. 
So they were clearly willing to do that. And it looks like that was their plan. So no, uh, you don't get credit for making the right moves at the deadline uh, just because the team is winning. No, it yeah. doesn't work like that. Yeah, and like Mark Canna hasn't really pan out so far. I mean, that was one of the guys that we really pounded the table for. Randall Gritchick, CJ Crone, those guys haven't really panned out, but Tommy Pham's a 109 WRC+. Dimer Candelario's a 151 WRC+, since the deadline. Like, there was help that you could go out and, and get that is, you know, better than some of the pieces that you have on your roster right now also like another thing too with the from a bullpen perspective i mean i know not a ton of relievers got dealt to the deadline not a ton of at least like you know leverage guys right higher leverage guys right because i wouldn't consider like andrew chafin to be a high high leverage guy but pretty good yeah but he's pretty good like you could have gotten you could have gotten andrew chafin like for what the brewers paid for him Forget like there weren't many high leverage guys available. You're giving Trent Thornton high leverage spots right now. Yeah, come on. And like, I, and I, I think Chafin's been, you know, kind of rough since going over to the Brewers. I'm not entirely sure on that. I don't really. But care. again, the but the process, right? It's it's about yeah. the process. It's about trying to make your 2023 ball club better with pieces that were good at the time of the deadline, rather than banking on a dude with you know 15 games under his belt at the major league level and then rojas who's been hurt and was hitting for like what a 68 wrc plus had an end to the deadline like again like those like that deal is fine in a vacuum but you needed to protect yourself a bit more and you needed to support your ball club a bit more anyway we've we've run way over time here for the first segment so we're going to answer more of your questions in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the locked on mares podcast is brought to you by game time buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have so forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use promo code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem promo code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. You can catch the Mariners and the White Sox starting tonight and over the course of the next three days on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. The return of J.P. Crawford tonight. You said that the Mariners officially announced that he's back. What was the corresponding move? I didn't see that. Haggerty sent down. Ooh, wow. So they uh, did keep Mike Ford. Yep. Uh, Hancock wow. to the IL. Uh, Darren McCacken up. Well, shout out to the Darren McCacken enjoyer. I know we're going to get the whole we love Darren McCacken comments and, and below this video. I, I know, sure. you know, enjoy, we'll enjoy see. your time in the sun for the next day. Yeah. Until, until they send him back down for Brian. <laughs> until they, yeah. Until they send him back down for Brian Wu tomorrow. Yep. But uh, enjoy it while it lasts. You know, have your fun. It's all good. All right. Let's get back into these questions. Jake wants to know, I know it's early for this, but when do we start talking about the magic number? Like at the earliest two weeks to go i say when it's below 10 yeah like yeah. magic number is not really a thing i know i know that bob nightingale tries to make it a thing as early as like june but <laughs> no it's not sure. yeah wake me up when it gets under 10 then i'll yeah. care about the magic number yeah again like the earliest we could start 
looking at that is maybe two weeks, but probably even later than that. Especially with like the current playoff race right now with all these teams being so close to one another. Because I mean, one of these teams, the Mariners, the Astros, the Blue Jays, one of them are not making it. So unless, you know, Tampa or Texas collapses. Yeah. Tampa I could maybe buy because they're just so banged it up. Just, but it's such a they yeah. still they still have so many wins banked. Same with the Rangers. Like the Rangers yep. might not win the division, but the Rangers still have so many wins banked that I just I can't imagine them completely falling out of it. So yep. yeah. Uh, Mike wants to know why do Astros fans hate service so much? Did something happen during his playing days there? No, no, they just want to distract from how garbage their organization is and vilify someone else. You know, it's Scott Service is the uh, shiny jingling keys, right? Like, ooh, look over here, look how bad he is, right? No, that's that's what it is. Yeah, uh, which doesn't even make sense because. Like if you're going to be like Scott service starts the fights and all that stuff, like you can't have like a 15 to three hit by pitch differential. Uh, and then, and then blame the guy who the manager of the team that's, you know, hit three guys while treating the guy who's hit 15, like he's a saint. So yeah, yeah, no. Well, Uh, he always complains to the umpires. So does every manager in major league baseball. What do you know? Newsflash. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dust. I'm sorry. Dusty's too lazy to get off his butt without his walker and roll his way up to home plate to yell at somebody, but deal with it. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's, it's insecurities at the end of the day is what it is. Yeah. Insecurity because they know that the, the run is about to end and it's probably going to end at the hands of the Seattle Mariners. Next question here comes from Nick. Do you think the combo of Marlowe Canzone showing they can play at the major league level uh, reduces the chance they bring Teo back next season? Uh, I think even without the, presence of those guys the the chances of teo coming back is is fairly low i mean we don't know right we don't know what the relationship is between organization and player but again they were seemed like they were pretty close to to trading him if the Rays said yes on on austin shenton so doesn't seem like they're super committed to teo um you know maybe they like him uh, and obviously he's hitting a lot better but he also needs to sustain this right because if not he's going to go into free agency 30 heading into his age 31 season and coming off of his worst season in like five years like it's gonna like to me teo right now even with what he's done the last couple weeks he's probably on track to just get a one-year prove-it deal in free agency i mean maybe with how bad the market is going to be position player wise maybe there's a team out there that will give him a multi-year deal but i kind of feel like he's gonna end up finding that elsewhere yeah maybe he gets the conforto deal which is like one and 17 with an option um but uh, i i think if the mariners offered him the qualifying offer right now he would take it so Mm -hmm. that kind of begs the question do the mariners want him to take the qualifying offer well well, yeah that's the other thing too ray is like we we've always talked about teo you know for the last few months we've talked about teo's qualifying offer is just like yeah that's gonna happen like that's a sure thing but now, I mean, again, like he's going to have to hit the way that well, maybe not to this degree, but he's going to have to hit a lot better than he has for most of the year, the rest of the way for me to really consider that because I like the bet overall, like on, on betting on Teo to, to bounce back and be the guy that he's been for the last four years before this year, next year. Um, but just based off of the season that he's having right now, $20 million for that guy is a lot. And we know that John Stanton's not going to just 
open up the checkbook for for Jerry Depoto. So like if if Jerry like in theory if Jerry spends twenty million dollars on on Teo, is Stanton going to say like all right, well that's it, you've spent your money this off season because like that's just that's not good enough. Right. I mean that'd only be six million more than Teo's making this year, but yeah, um, yeah. I do wonder maybe there's but also an you got arm guys who are going to make more, right. mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. Yeah. I do wonder if maybe there's a surprise extension uh, coming in the next month or so. Um, sure. Just, you know, if, if Teo likes it here and he seems to, and the clubhouse seems to like him in general, maybe there's like a one at like 18 extension. And then you can, you know, the Mariners can save a little bit uh, on the qualifying offer and Teo, you know, gets roughly the deal he'd probably get with a QO attached to him in free agency. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's a tricky free agent class and, and Teoscar finishes out the year as like, you know, from now until the end of the year, if he's like a 130, 135 WRC plus bat, then I think we have a real conversation. If he's just mm-hmm. a, you know, what he's been most of the year, which is like a 104 WRC plus guy, you're, you're probably moving on. Uh, I don't think Marlowe and, and, uh, Canzone have a whole lot to do with that decision. Uh, um, right. But. I mean, having depth helps, but you should go out in the offseason and look to get better. And that's probably yeah. going to be via the trade market. Mm-hmm. I just, the Mariners shouldn't go into this winter and be like, we don't need to add an outfielder because we have Marlowe and Canzone. That is a loser. Uh, that is a loser uh, right. perspective to have. And, and they might have it. Like, I, I can't rule it out, unfortunately. Next question here comes from Jake. Uh, with the six man rotation likely being off the table now. How would you go about writing out this rotation the rest of the way? Which would be seven starts, uh, which would be seven starts a piece, give or take? Could a five-man rotation work the rest of the way? It it's all dependent on Wu's health. How how and and his innings limit, right? And our pitch limit more accurately, right? Um now this could have been a phantom IL stent, for all we know. And I kind of suspect that it was, to be honest with you. Um, so maybe the, the Mariners have already given him that, that break that he needed over the last couple of weeks. And he's just good to go for the rest of the season uh, until they're ultimately going to, you know, put him in the bullpen for October. Um, but yeah, it really does all, all come down to that. If he's only able to, you know, if you only feel like he can give you just three to four, maybe five innings a, a, a night or more accurately, like 70 to 80 pitches a night rather than 90 to a hundred. Um, then yeah, you're probably talking about Tommy Malone's going to have to be a factor at some point. Adam Aller, uh, Logan Allen, um, Darren McCacken, even one of those guys is probably going to pitch for you at some point down the stretch here. Um, but like we talked about the other day, I'm totally fine with a five man rotation. Like I, I would prefer that because you're not taking starts out of the hands of George Kirby and Luis Castillo and Logan Gilbert. So, yeah, how do you think it all works out, Colby? I think that I, I think that the Mariners, even though they gave him the two weeks off, I think they obviously since they were still planning on going to six man, they think he needs a few more breaks. Or, you know, and we don't know if it would have been a true six man or if there would have been a, a piggyback option or anything like that. Um so I, I feel like they still think he needs another break at some point, but I, I just, I don't know who the, who the number six is. Like, are you going to give Darren McCacken starts in a playoff race? God, I hope not. 
are you going to give, you know, Tommy Malone starts in a playoff race? I mean, I surely hope so, or I surely hope not. Like, wh- what are you going to do? Who is the sixth guy? I didn't like giving Emerson Hancock starts in a, in a playoff race, and he's better than those two guys. So um, I think maybe what they do instead is we kind of see this this piggyback uh, short script start um, coming up. Uh, so I wouldn't be too surprised if, you know, um, Bizarro gets sent down and, and they call up Adam Aller who's stretched out and ready to go into coma and, and Wu goes three and then all goes three or four. Um, I, so I think maybe that is how they'll go about this instead of just, you know, tacking a guy onto the end. Uh, at least I hope, uh, because I feel like the piggyback thing can still work, uh, or it would work better than just giving the ball to Tommy Malone yeah. every six days for three weeks. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. All right, next question here comes from Lynette. With recent success with the current lineup, could JP and Kelnick be replacing integral parts of what seems to be working for the offensive lineup in this very tight division race? And also, how would you rate services handling of the bullpen on Sunday after Hancock's uh, quick exit? So the second part of that question, to answer that real quick, uh, like we said on the show yesterday, 80 grade, no notes. Perfect handling of the bullpen by Scott Service. One of the most well-maneuvered games by Service and Company that I can possibly remember. Um, as for the first part of the question, no. At least as far as JP goes. I mean, JP was your best hitter before, you know, Julio became the best hitter on planet Earth, right? Um, so, yeah, no. Uh, JP gives you a, a major upgrade, even though that Demo and, and Caballero handled the offensive side of things very well and pretty much replaced JP's offense through that, you know, two weeks that JP was gone. You're still getting a hell of a lot better um, on that front. Uh, Kelnick, I mean, we got to see, right? We got to see how much he's going to be able to play. We got to see if he's going to be able to play in the field uh, because that's obviously going to impact your lineup and how you're able to construct that. And might limit you if you can only DH Jared. Um, but at, at the end of the day, this this makes you deeper, right? And that's never a bad thing. That's a great thing. If you're getting deeper and if you know guys like Dom Canzone and Dylan Moore and and um, and Cade Marlowe even are more so coming off the bench for you, right? You're in a great spot. You're in one of the best spots roster wise that you've been in in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Caballero in particular, probably platoons now with Rojas pretty much straight up. And I imagine Dylan Moore is in the outfield against most lefties um, for either Canzone or Marlowe, or maybe even shortstop. I mean, JP has played a lot of baseball over the last five years. Um, and we know that he has had a tendency to kind of wear down throughout the season because the team just hasn't had a, a viable shortstop option. And so, you know, either one of those guys in theory can play shortstop. I know there were some rough moments uh, with both of them defensively, but they're, they're supposed to be at least, you know, average there. So I mm-hmm. think you feel okay about giving JP a day off here and there down the stretch um, where you otherwise might not have, but yeah, you, you want to still try and keep Caballero and, and Demos bat in the lineup uh, to some extent. But you do have the DH that is open. Currently, you're giving a lot of those at-bats to Mike Ford. Uh, you do have, you know, second base is is not a, I mean, Rojas has looked better as of late, but he hasn't locked down that position by any stretch, particularly defensively. So, yeah. um, 
yeah, I still think there's going to be plenty of at bats. And like I said, I think against lefties, Rojas will pretty, the Mariners have pretty much made that very clear that Rojas is going to find the bench against the lefty. And I imagine Caballero gets most of those starts at second base and Dylan, because you know, of his experience in the outfield, he probably plays for Marlowe or Canzone uh, in, in left in left field uh, against most lefties down the stretch. So I, I don't, don't confuse, you know, a hot stretch for a season worth of production. Like JP right. has been significantly better than Dylan Moore and Jose Caballero this year. So no, getting him back is not replacing uh, a key cog in the lineup. It's replacing somebody who's done a good job of, of helping you manage that unfortunate situation. So yeah, uh, I still think that both Marlowe and, or, uh, I it's it's not as hard to get Marlo Canzone, Rojas, Moore, and uh, and Caballero enough at bats uh-huh. to still have their impact uh, felt uh, in games. It's it's not as hard as it sounds. Right. Final question of the day comes from Chris. Uh, what is your one through five ranking so far of the M's relievers? Uh, so at the top for me, it's it's still Munoz Thornton. and Brash. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Thornton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still it's still Munoz and Brash. Those are your two best guys. Um, I wouldn't really argue with you based on like who who you have one and two. I trust Munoz more, even though that he's been a little shaky lately. Uh, Brash is just Brian's again turned on his Canadian brother. <laughs> I love Matt Brash. Don't get me wrong. Apparently I, not. But also he terrifies me. He he. He's also, been good pretty much every time out for the last three months, except for one time in Kansas City. He still terrifies terrifies me. He still terrifies me. He's pretty good. He's, he really is. No, don't get me wrong. Very good. Very, 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 turn very, on your, very. Your, but he terrifies me. He scares me. Oh, um, brother, or whatever. Is that where he's from? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> number three for me, Topa. I, I think that's that's pretty clear. And then Spire. Spire four, and then yesterday, notwithstanding, Saucedo five. Yeah, Brash, Munoz, Topa, Spire, Saucedo. Okay, you got Brash one easily. Easily, wow. Yes, damn, damn. All right, I guess, I guess you're the Matt Brash super fan now, not me. Apparently, I hate Matt Brash. It's been well established. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. He just, yeah. I mean, his his stuff is so nasty, and he can just be elite, like literally best reliever in baseball when he's on. But boy, is it a ride! <laughs> it is one hell of a ride sometimes. All right, um, I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else you want to add before we get on out of here? This has been kind of a laggy show. I don't know if that's going to turn out that way on the. Uh, on the actual no, you let's know, get out of here downloaded videos but yeah okay that's gonna do it for our show thank you so much for joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm tiding gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dan gonzalez it's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat 11 that's cpat 11 follow us on instagram and tiktok as well over at locked on mariners that's one word locked on mariners you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.